0: it's the distracted driving podcast throwing out the status quo
1: hey it's Sean and you found the distracted driving podcast normally I have my co-host Rex here with me but he is finishing up his vacation so you're stuck with me for the preamble on one more episode this will be the last portion of my conversation with three friends of mine Rick um, Eric and Amanda I uh, three of my uh, fellow industrial engineering graduates from Cal Poly San Luis Obispo. This, uh, this episode's a little bit different only because normally I don't really do any editing on the episodes. I do some post-production and um, kind of make sure everything sounds okay. Uh, but on this one, we sort of got towards the end of our conversation and uh, thought we were really ending the show, but then we kept talking And so I actually am going to do a a little bit of slicing uh, and dicing on this one uh, just to make it flow a little bit more smoothly. If you're listening on the podcast, you're not going to notice a difference. If you're watching, it might look like there's some uh, jump cuts because, well, frankly, there are some jump cuts. But I think there's some good information here worth uh, listening, worth sharing with you, and I didn't want you to miss out. Rex will be back next week. Uh, we've already got a great guest lined up as usual, uh, another mutual acquaintance of ours. So you have that to look forward to. And in the meantime, here is the last portion of the inaugural happy hour episode of the distracted driving podcast.
0: This is, uh, this is a lot of fun, man. I appreciate you uh, having us all on here. Oh, we're just getting started.
2: I don't even have a drink yet.
0: You you know, I feel if we go too long that Rex will not let us do this again.
1: No, so here's what we do, though. We break them up. I don't know if you guys know this, but podcasting was actually invented back in the the 60s by Lucille Ball. Did you guys know that? I did not know that. Yeah, it's because you haven't been listening to the podcast. I have, though. Lucille Ball had a show. Uh, a radio show, and she would go, she would basically take a a reel-to-reel tape recorder and go to her friends, she lived in Beverly Hills, she'd go to her neighbors, she'd she'd go other places, and she would um, just have conversations with celebrities back then and record them. And they would have a conversation that might be 30 minutes, 15 minutes, 45, they varied in duration. But the block of time that, that she had on the radio, it was a 15-minute time slot. And so she would be having a conversation with Frank Sinatra. And, you know, after 12, 13 minutes, she'd go, Oh, Frank, this was so great. Would you would you mind coming back tomorrow? And then they would start the next episode and just do a little 15-minute segment. So that's kind of what we've adopted here on the uh, the Distracted Driving Podcast. Uh, I don't care so much for, well, I shouldn't say that. I listen to some long form podcasts. Um, but I recognize that that's not always convenient for people. So we want to be bite-sized like Lucille Ball had them. And having said that, we, we don't want to, we don't want to lose out on the conversations. So we just talk to people until the conversation's over and then we figure it out on the back end.
0: Alcohol helps. Uh,
1: well, yeah. And, you know, <laughs> this, this might be the first. This is the first happy hour edition of Distracted Driving. <laughs> Cheers. Um, Cheers. Eric, before we go. Yes, sir. I do feel like maybe Distracted Driving could benefit from a custom theme song. And, you know, I'm not going to put you on the spot, but... We were talking in slow last week reminiscing if you will um about your barbershop quartet days
0: that that's how did you that's a completely different topic for a completely different podcast
1: listen listen the theme here is challenging the status quo i'm sure we can work <laughs> it in okay it's broad enough um so you were you were well you are an engineer Uh, you were an engineering student. How did a nice engineering student like you get involved in a barbershop quartet?
0: Well, I, I, uh, you know, we're getting a little off topic. It's, it's not uncommon for, uh, for engineers to, to be talented musicians. You know, there's, there's a lot of, a lot of discipline. There's a fair amount of math when you're looking at music. Um, I actually know quite a few, uh, Ladies and gentlemen, that uh, they they were both uh, an engineering major and part of the choir or part of the band uh, at Cal Poly San Luis Obispo. Um, in my case, I I started singing in some sort of organized group when I was ten years old. Went through junior high, high school. I was I was part of the Nevada Union High School Choir with uh, with Don Baggett, which was a very uh, um, established and well-known choir we would travel to europe every odd year um so i i gained a lot of experience there continued on at the cal poly uh choirs uh sang with their university chorus their polyphonics chorus and then their vocal jazz ensemble and while i was there they also decided to start up a little barbershop quartet that uh, evolved into a, a group that we called uh, grand avenue and uh, Grand Avenue was able to uh, join the Harmony Society, which those are in barbershop. They know exactly what the Barbershop Harmony Society is. Got to compete at the collegiate level and even placed in the top 10 a couple of times going to international competitions at Kansas City and uh, in Nashville. So so yeah, so that's, that's my singing career in a nutshell. So first
1: of all, uh i just want everybody to notice how as soon as i asked him about the uh, barbershop quartet he immediately went into quartet voice like all of a sudden we you know we were talking to eric and then all of a sudden we were talking to eric we're talking to eric hello do you see any any connections or parallels between uh being in a barbershop quartet and what you do today as an engineer?
0: Uh, you, you know, saying that, you you actually bring up a good, a good point. There's There are, with a barbershop quartet, you have four different parts. You have the tenor, the lead, the baritone, and the bass. And all four of those, you could call them departments, have a different role to play, and they all have to be very much in sync and paying attention to the other three to be able to create a barbershop melody. And if they're done well to the point where you're holding your mouths the same way, you're singing the same tone. You can actually create these things called overtones and undertones, which are notes that the singers are not singing, but the, the sound waves overlap each other and you actually can hear higher tones come out of four voices. You can actually get seven notes out of four voices because they are singing so in tune. And to bring that back to us and, and engineering and industrial engineering, if you want to have a truly streamlined process, you're going to have multiple parties, multiple divisions that you need to work together to create, I hate the term, but to create synergy, something greater than the individual parts. So in that in that regard it's it's very similar. I do feel like
1: corporate America has uh ruined some terms, that being maybe one of them, but but what you described I think is is really the that's the definition. That's that's what it is. And that's interesting that you went that path because I had an ulterior motive when I when I asked you that question, I was actually in my head thinking about a segue to STEAM from STEM. You know, science, technology, engineering, math, and there's a, there's a push now to put science, technology, engineering, arts, and math. Um, I kind of like where you went better.
0: Well, you, you know, there's that's why we have arts in STEAM, right? Like that's that's where the overlap, that's where that's where the logic and the beauty come together. And now we're really getting, now we're really kind of getting into the high end conceptual idea, but I mean that's really what we do. I mean think about think about the the general just like aesthetics and beauty of the things that we each of us individually in our industry are creating. It's very cool.
3: All right, so I got I got one thing here. One thing I learned from the med device industry is everything is cross functional. So you're going to deal with you got to go you got to go know your quality engineer and your the people from regulatory and all the different departments and develop rapport with them so a lot of this is is people stuff you got to be able to to disagree to agree to disagree too right i mean there's there's going to be situations we've all had them right what, what what are the tough moments we've been in where it was like man this is this is hardcore
1: in the context of we by definition industrial engineers we 're change agents you know we 're looking at things at the intersection of people, processes, and technology but but we 're not there to maintain the status quo in my opinion so what is what is the most challenging position? that you can remember yourself being in, and you can interpret that however you'd like, but in the context of, well, okay, the status quo is not going to cut it, so what what do I have to do here? I'll go first. I'll allow it. Thank you. So I think um,
3: for me the status quo has been, I love the place I'm at. I settle in you know I I learn the systems I learn all the people and you know how to how to navigate my day-to-day activities and I don't want to I don't want to leave that's a that's a challenging situation because. A lot of times there's better opportunities out on the horizon. you got to talk to people and network and challenge you know move on to different organizations that's that's what i I think personally amplified my career but
1: okay my- so from from a career perspective i mean you're you're looking at it from a career perspective, which is good I'm, and i'm yeah I mean, you've, you've changed companies one, two, I think three times. Five. Five, three, five. Look, listen, close. It's, it goes back to that tape measure thing I was talking about. Um, <laughs> so,
3: yes.
1: so, 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 okay. I mean, Four. do you ever get to a point where you say, well, gosh. I'm I'm not challenging the status quo, so it's time to move on. I think
3: when you find the right environment, is when you stay. And I and for Amanda and, and Eric, they found the right environment, right? So they they found a, a place that they could move within. And same for you, Sean. Like you, you are able to stay within a, a massive organization and and move within that company. That's that wasn't in the Bay Area is not that way, so it was me moving from company to company. And I'm I'm kinda glad I did early in my career and I'm glad I've stayed or I, I'm glad I moved enough to find the right fit and then stayed. Okay. So I, where I'm at right now, I'm coming up on ten years and
0: I'm very happy. Could I disagree with Rick and also agree with Rick at the same time? <laughs> Please God, I? would me. hope so because that's really <laughs> what gets the ratings I up. You because you know, I I did not I did not have uh you know, I've worked for four different companies over over the course of my career. Um and and to Rick's point, you know, you you're You want to find that environment that works for you, that allows you to grow, that allows you to flourish and and also have a little bit of fun at the same time. Hopefully, Um, you know, I've I've been in a situation where I started selling equipment and then I worked for a company for for 10 years that installed the equipment Then I went back to selling equipment. And now I'm back with a company that installs said equipment and, uh, you know, each opportunity has allowed me to grow and to learn and to and to, uh, you know, attribute my, my gifts and my experience along the way. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it it's, it's kind of what Rick's saying is like, you know, fortunately I've had the opportunity to do it in the past and, and know what I want at this point in my life. And, and, you know, to be able to contribute and at the same time have a team that, you can kind of argue with, but also, um, respect at the same time.
3: Well, Amanda, you've been at the company, you've been there for, you're the lifer, right? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And that's, that's awesome. Like you found the spot, but I guess what I'm saying is if you don't find the spot, like feel free to go explore and push the limits of some companies because people will treat you like,
1: they want. <clears throat> the the question is broader than just the career, like your career choice or the company choice. And, and so I want to make sure we're looking at it in, in that perspective because uh, that's one portion of it. But also, regardless of where you are, um, you know, what we do and the decisions that we make and the initiatives that we're involved in, are challenging the status quo. So I, I 100% agree that uh, for me anyway, f- that I think there's three things I always tell people and I can never remember all three on the spot. Finding the right culture, that's kind of what we're talking about. Um, stepping outside your comfort zone and being surrounded with the smartest people you can find. Those are the three things I look for uh, in an organization that and and that's that 's from experience, like me looking back going okay, when was i when was I having the most fun? when was I with the most effective? when was I at my best? Oh, I was surrounded by the smartest people I could find. I was kind of outside my comfort zone, and boy the the cultural fit was just good. We all got along so we 've covered that portion of status quo, um, and we can continue down that path if you want, but i 'm also interested in in uh, maybe Amanda and Eric, do you have any examples of hey, I, I'm I'm at work in the course of my job. Somebody's saying we gotta keep going straight. And it seems like the path is to go left.
2: Um I mean, of course that happens. The the thing about it is, you know, where I'm at, it's only very recently where um gosh, I don't even I don't know how much of this is, (laughs) it's only very recently, you know, where we've had as much support as we should for doing the things that we want to do and need to be able to do. And so there have been times, especially in the past where, you know, we did want to go left or we wanted to go where we thought, um, where we thought the most opportunity would be and we couldn't, and that wasn't easy. And so, you know, and, you know, we were kind of talking about, you know, me being the lifer here and, you know, being here for so long and it's not so much like, yes, of course, I enjoy what I do um, and I enjoy like running participants and working, you know, with my customers, you know, but one of the really main things, you know, the reasons that I stayed was location. It's not far from my house. I had no commute and, um, and then I, you know, my hours are good. I could get everything I needed to get done, but it was flexible. And so then I could do things like, you know, do stuff with the kids and and volunteer at the kids' school, which is important for me as well. So that that's actually, you know, so a, a lot of that is one of the main reasons why I've been here for so long. And so some of those, those three things that you said before, I can only half agree on all of those. But I think that's for another half, time. <laughs> half agree that
1: those are things that are important or half agree that you uh, have found those? That they happened. That they happened, yeah. yeah. Okay. There's three things. How do you
3: half agree? <laughs> you get a, like, quarters degree or a third agree.
2: <laughs> so if I talk about my, you know, immediate group, you know, there's one person that I've been working with for Almost my entire career, and she's amazing, and I look up to her every day. Um, you know, not only as someone that I work with, but you know, as a friend too. And so, um, so that's one of the reasons that that's the yes, you know, find what was it the first one that you said?
1: Um, I don't remember what the, order the, I said. Find the right culture. The, uh, surround yourself with the smartest yes. people you can find, and uh, step outside your comfort yes. zone.
2: Mm-hmm. And and a lot of that was due to her, um, and so, you know that that actually helped a lot.
0: All right, LJ, Well, I'll try and bring you, you had in some here, thoughts. Shani. So so I don't know that I have a specific instance where we were on the right wrong track, but I've had several instances where. You're working on a project, you're going a certain direction, and then there's an opportunity to go left or right. And some of the team wants to go left, some of the team wants to go right. And, you, you know, there's no bad choice per se, but it comes back to what is the best choice based off of, you know, what the customer needs. Um, what's going to be, sometimes what's going to be easiest versus what's going to be most cost prohibitive. Um, You you take in all of the different, you know, business values that, that come into play. And, and honestly, it, sometimes it comes down to, uh, to a vote. Sometimes it comes down to democracy as to which path you're going to go. But it, you kind of, you, you reach a point where you kind of have to stop. And you have to get everybody in the room or on a conference call and you have to say, okay, here's where we're at. We could go down this route and the benefits are going to be this. And and the the costs or the, the negatives are going to be this. Or we can go, you know, path B, which is going to give us these benefits versus these costs. And And as a team, you kind of have to make that decision of, okay, what will work best for this particular environment? What will work best for the end user? What will work best for the person that's financing the whole endeavor and make your decision according to that? So I don't know if that quite answers your question, but it kind of, kind of gets you there.
1: Well, that's it for episode 12. I hope you've enjoyed my conversation with my friends, Eric, Amanda, and Rick. I suspect that uh, they will be back either individually or perhaps as a group on a future episode of Distracted Driving. We really only uh, scratched the surface, I think. Um, But hopefully the conversation about career paths and uh, a little bit on challenging the status quo and uh and work life balance. We we covered a lot there. Hopefully that was uh, useful to you and entertaining and uh maybe we'll do some more happy hour editions of the show. Speaking of which, um if you did enjoy this, we really would love to hear from you. So Go to our YouTube channel. Uh, We've also got a Facebook page now. We've got the Instagram. All of it is linked from uh, distracteddrivingpodcast.com. So if you cruise over there, there are links uh, on the sides of the page. You can interact with us using the social media platform of your choice. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening.